0: So today our scripture reading comes from John chapter 4, uh, which is uh, the passage that coincides as well with our uh, first uh, chapter of the study. And we can't read the whole of this passage, uh, but we are going to read uh, verses 7 through 14. A Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. will become in them a spring of water, gushing up to eternal life. The word of God for the people of God. So this Sunday, we begin our stewardship month of October. And uh, in this time, we're reading this book, Thirst, and, and we're talking about stewardship. And so often when we think about stewardship, we think about the money that we give and of course stewardship is about that there is an important component related to the money but stewardship is a much deeper and wider and broader kind of concept if you go back into genesis into chapters two and three when god uh, creates the earth and creates the human creature god says now take care of it your job is to be a steward And so stewardship for us is really about how we care for the earth, for uh, the plants and the animals, how we care for other human beings, how we care for ourselves, and how we use the gifts and graces and resources that we have to uh, uh, further the kingdom of God. So stewardship is this wider concept about how it is we are giving into and sharing into the kingdom of God with our lives. And really stewardship is about a question of uh, how we are going to live. Uh, How will we uh, make meaningful lives? What is it that will lead us to the good life? And stewardship has a lot to say about that kind of life that we seek to live. So when we get to this uh, gospel and uh, this story of Jesus with uh, the Samaritan woman, we find that there is a lot to be said about this kind of life that God is trying to uh, get us to live. And so in the first place, the first thing we need to know about John chapter 4 is that Jesus himself is hungry, he's tired, he's thirsty. In other words, the human Jesus understands fully what it is to have basic needs as a human being that must be met. Our God knows we have needs and our God has created a world that is able to supply and to provide for the needs that we have as human beings. And so when this woman comes to the well, Jesus already knows she has needs as a human being that must be met. Now, so often what happens with us as people is that we take the basic needs, the things that we really need in life, and we turn them... Uh, into wants, or rather our wants become our needs. For example, let's say you have a four or five-year-old TV in your house, and there you are in the store, and here's a new TV with uh, uh, better um, images on it, and it's much a clearer, sharper picture, and it has all these connected connections to I don't even know what because I don't do that kind of stuff, but all this great stuff with it and you look at it and you go, I need that TV. No, you don't need that TV. You want it, but we turn it into a need. Or you're looking for a house to rent or to own and the realtor says to you, Uh, So what are your must-haves and you say, well, we need four bedrooms, we need two and a half baths, uh, we need a two-car garage. No, those are things that you want. You could probably live with much smaller space but we are always as human beings turning our wants and our desires into things that we then need, we have to have. Of course, this is a a human problem that's rooted and grounded in our soul, in this part of the human creature that is our animating, energizing, uh, driving kind of force. It's our life force within us. And the Hebrew word nephesh and the Greek word suke all point to this kind of thirsting, desiring kind of force that's within us. We were created to be connected to God and we have the capacity to thirst and desire all these other things that the world has a way of saying to us, hey, don't you think you actually need this? The world has a way of shaping our lives and so we're led down this other path. It's it's like this woman in the story. She comes to the well at midday, which is a clear sign that somehow she feels that society doesn't accept her. She's not welcome in the morning and the evening. So she's lacking in the kind of human community that she might be yearning for. She knows that they have have shamed her, that society has set up things that they've placed upon her and she's taken them uh, to heart. She believes the messages that she's been told. And for us, the messages that we're often told is you need more stuff, you need to accumulate. A good life is, is in the things that you have. And that you have the right brands. The kids already know that if you send them to school in the wrong brand, they're going to be laughed at. Because we start at this very early age with desire for things as the mark of a good life. But that's not the message that Jesus is giving to this woman and giving to us in this story. Now, so often when we read this story, the answer here is, well, the woman is sinful because Jesus now says, you've had five husbands and the sixth uh, that you're with you're not married to. Now, nowhere in this passage does he say uh, repent of your sins. Nowhere does he say your sins are forgiven. Nowhere does he say go and sin no more, which is the normal kind of language he uses. Instead, he's trying to say to her, look, I know society has placed you in a position where you have to fight for your basic needs. That as a woman, you can't go out and get a job. As a woman, you can't marry or divorce. You are property. You're at the whims of the society. And so here she is in this kind of situation, and Jesus says, you know what? You've done nothing wrong. I care about you. And I tell you what, if you drink from this water, if you... Follow me. If you spend your life connected to me, all will be well. You will have a good life, a full life. And it's almost as if, in my mind, and the text doesn't say this, but it's almost as if, in my mind, this woman has been one who has really been seeking after God her whole life, which is why Jesus knows that this is the one that he should make this offer to. And just as they finish this conversation, all the disciples come back and this woman who didn't want to encounter anybody is totally unfazed by these men showing up. She doesn't, it doesn't matter to her. She is so caught up now in the message of living water and desiring that living water. And in fact, she leaves her jar, which no doubt was a super important possession to her, and she runs back into the city to tell people. It's almost as if, these are not these things of the world are not her priority it's almost as if she knows Jesus is going to care for her basic needs it's almost as if she's saying Jesus is going to take care of that jar I'm not worried and she runs back into town to all the people with whom she has not had a relationship and she shares the good news of having met her the Messiah, her life is transformed and the messages of the society are no longer those messages that have her captive. You see, the message of Jesus is that there is a way that leads to abundant life and there is a way that will never satisfy our souls. And so I ask all of you today, what is it that you're thirsting for? What are the things that seem to have your attention? If there is something in your life that seems to be missing, if it feels like other people are getting what they uh, want and I'm not getting what I want out of life, maybe it's that your desire is turned to the wrong direction and instead Jesus is here sitting at the well offering us living water and telling us that that relationship with God, not just on Sundays, not just a couple hours a week, but every day, 24 hours, seven days a week, is the thing that will really bring us life and life in abundance. So I ask you today, what is it that you are really thirsting for? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Grand earth quaked before, moved by the sound of his voice. Seas that are shaken and stirred can be calmed and broken for my regard. This mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the mist of the sea.